Doofenshmirtz Seville Incorporated. After hours. <sighs> Finally, a good night's sleep. But it's not a good night's sleep, is it? It's not a good night's sleep, and I don't even know if this mic works. Because we never know in this studio. Does it work? We don't know. Oh, there, it does work. Because, hello, everybody. Special episode of The Dispatch on St. Andrew's Radio. Beautiful weather outside. It's meant to be raining, but it's not. It's sunny. And guess what time it is? It is, is it 11 a.m.? No. No, it's nope. 7 p.m. We're after 5 p.m., which means it's after hours, That's as exciting. you heard in the jingle. Which means, if you hear people swear, say no-no words, or talk about things, you know, you may not want kids to hear, who cares? I don't care. Finally, I'm free. I'm finally free (laughs) from my time slot, which I chose of 11 a.m. But, enough about me. Actually, no, first, actually, no, I will say one last thing. Big thank you to Oscar Hector, uh, another member of Star, for giving me this slot. I've been busy doing secret agent stuff. Uh, this whole week, um, I'm not a certified, well, soon to be certified secret agent. So, uh, thank you, Oscar, for giving me your slot. I know you're probably not listening. So you probably do, you have no idea who I am, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Anyway, anyway, now you hear how how excited I am. It's not 11 a.m. It's not like I'm late and I've just woken up as usual. This is my usual time frame. This is when I'm usually okay. In the studio today, we have a new guest and a returning guest, and our new guest, new get new guest, new guest. Has a wonderful glow on her from the sunlight. Thank you. A wonderful glow. <laughs> Feeling angelic. Now, first guest, can you please tell us your name, where you're from, what you do, and, as usual, your credit card details, please. Excuse me? Uh, my name is Gabby. What was the second question? Where you're from, what where you do. Where am I from? I am... Oh, that's a complicated question already. I'm French originally, but I lived in Australia for like seven years, so my accent is a little bit strange. And I am a student at the University of St. Andrews, and I study philosophy. I just dropped English because I was tired of reading a lot of books. Um, and I've started doing film recently, so I guess that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Very exciting stuff. It is. If you hear me eating, I'm not eating. <laughs> you have no proof. You have no proof at all. Sticking by the rules. Absolutely. I never eat in the studio. So, next guest. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. S- say hello. Hello. Oh, no. Wait. What is this voice? What is this voice? <laughs> that sounds like something I've heard before. Yep. It sounds like something where the word vibrators was said. Oh, it's about 7 p.m. I said it. I said it. You don't have to Mom and Dad, I'm sorry. My parents are listening right now, but it's past 7 p.m. It's the episode I told you not to listen to. Do they listen live? Oh, they do. Oh, great. And I'm going to turn my phone over. I'm going to turn my phone over. Don't don't censor it this time. Just leave it. Just leave it. (laughs) I mean, just own it. If you're hearing this voice, hello, who are you? Who are you, returning guest? My name is Callum, and, you know, I have a much less interesting backstory than you. I'm just from Glasgow. I study English at the University at St Andrews and I also do film so hopefully this is going to be interesting for, for both of us you both come in and you're like oh like like he's going to talk about like well you'll see a music album you're going to talk about your movie you study the exact same things or you yeah, like the exact same things you so. studied film mm-hmm. nice yeah. nice what kind of film are you into um I guess recently I've been I've been watching a lot of like noir like crime films that's so cool oh yeah. that's good have you watched Seven yeah that's such great a great movie film. that is a great movie mm-hmm. I watched it during just like that is the one with Brad Pitt right? yes because you mentioned Brad Pitt several times this morning listen so why would I, when do you there, not mention Brad Pitt though yeah. like think about it when do you not mention Brad Pitt That's it's like when do you not mention Leo DiCaprio these are gods mm. I mean I'm expecting your movie knowledge to be like on point oh so. I have no movie culture it's terrible like I, don't, I haven't actually studied film everything oh, is wow. done very much in an improvised fashion <laughs> no no like she, she's gonna like like people are gonna study her movies yeah, that's the Think plan. That's the plan. Be so arrogant that you don't study anybody else's material. Just create oh, yeah. your own constantly. Mm-hmm. Before we get started and have Gabby talk about her films, we need to address something, um, which is... I've used the word creepy for this because it does mess with my brain. Creepy. But Gabby and I thought that we'd met this year for the first time. We see each other and we're like... <laughs> okay. Oh, you know, like, hi, going. nice to meet you. I'm Gabby. Oh, hi, I'm Tom. Yeah, nice to meet you. And you know, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. We get to talking, you know, as one does. Turns out, 
It's not the first time we've met. It's actually crazy. The first time that you told me this, I thought that it was like not even a coincidence, but that we were just getting like the details wrong or something. But Tom and I went to the same primary school in Japan. What? The same French primary school. Now she was in the grade. She was in the grade above me. I was, but we had judo classes together. So there is no way we didn't interact because <laughs> the judo class wasn't that big. Yep, it was a tiny little dojo. We were all together. Wow. He found he was sending me pictures of like school albums or whatever, and he's like, "Do you recognize anyone on there?" And I circled two of the pictures. And I was like, "That's me." And then I looked down at the bottom, like, who's the teacher that she had? That was my teacher I had the year after. Yep. You never told me you were in Japan. <laughs> Wait, what? How do you not know this? I've lived in four countries. Oh, man. Oman, Japan. France, France which is okay, the connection. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go. France, Oman, Japan, and I don't know, the UK, technically, Scotland. Yeah, there you oh, go. Good job. There we go. You messed up the order a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's absolutely ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> See, look, you, at least you got to make friends like from like ages like very yeah, small to forever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we had to leave. That. that must yeah. be kind of constantly you know lonely, moving. just constantly moving. Whatever. How many countries have you lived in? Uh, good question. France, Japan, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, UK. So just six. Just very different ones. I mean, like, Japan has a bit of like spice and flavor. Yeah, it's got a little flair you know? to it. You yeah. drop it in there. I'm yeah. like Oman. People are like, where? And then drop up Japan. Like, ooh, <laughs> it's a little flair. Yeah, a little something different. Mm-mm. So, Gabby, Tell you, me. you, well, you are in the pro. You have well, well, you explain to us. Okay. But this movie of yours. Tell us the background. Where did where did it start? Where does this all start? Oh God, I don't. To be honest, I really don't know because filmmaking has always felt very inaccessible. Like I did a lot of theater when I was living in Berlin. I started like a small theater company when I was there, um, and so I directed, I produced, I did casting, I did a bunch of stuff. Um, but I never had the technical expertise to do films, although I really, really appreciated them on like an artistic level. And then last year I joined the Filmmaker Society and I actually, you know, I went to one single meeting and it was like a production kickoff style thing um, and I met one filmmaker whose script I thought was amazing um, and he invited me to come to Wales with him to shoot his movie and I just learned so much on that trip. It was absolutely amazing. Um, the cinematographer who was on that film ended up being my cinematographer on the film that we did here as well and I think it was more just like gaining the momentum from that experience um, which I was like, it's one of those things where you turn up and you think, okay, this seems complicated, but if I put the thought and the time into it, I could probably do it myself. I think that was a very foolish thought retrospectively, but it somehow kind of worked out. So, yeah. We made the film uh, in April this year, and it was a bit of a shit show. I guess I can swear, but it was an amazing time. No, we've got snipers out here. (laughs) Just waiting for me. Do you you know the sniper's name? (laughs) What's the sniper's name? I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. I, I'm, I'm going to get an email one day being like, you have to stop. You have to stop. Now this you have to censor. I'm, sa- I'm saying that respect. I, actually, I will have to censor that. I say it respectively. Miss <laughs> Professor <laughs> that respectfully, you know. I say, you know, with, uh, you know, because, you know, you are the ones giving us a, a, a great leader. studio here. You've given us a great, you know, a, a place to study and a great studio to help us learn. So this is, I say, a place is in my heart. Thank you very much. Lots of respect. <laughs> so... <laughs> You go to so yes. you go to let me let's recap. I this. go to let's Wales, which this. also was really random because I originally auditioned to be in the film because I just love the script. Like I again, like I'm a writer first, so I read the script and I was like, "This is amazing! I just want to take part." Um, I didn't get the role. I came to like a callback or whatever, and he gave it to his girlfriend, which fair enough. Um, but then I emailed the guy afterwards about like a couple of days after, and I said, "Listen, completely get it. No hard feelings." but would I be able to maybe, like, shadow you on the film set because he's done a lot of these films before? And I thought it was going to be done in St. Andrews, so I was like, that's, like, a pretty low-key thing to ask. And he was like, oh, yeah, cool, like, we're going to Wales. Would you like to come? And so he bought my ticket, let me stay at his house. It was, it was like, a, a four-day trip. We were shooting from 8 p.m. in the evening until 8 a.m. in the morning, and it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. Why'd you shoot that late? Because for the sake of continuity um, and also thematically kind of helped with the story we were trying to tell. It was a parody of Waiting for Godot and it was set in this like restaurant style thing and I think the lighting would have messed us up if we had just like filmed continuously and it really added to the aesthetic to have it be kind of pitch black outside as well. I think most movie shoots anyway are like 12 hours. Like, yeah. they're, they're long but I, I think know. it was, like, adapting to the hours especially because it was a week before school. St- no, it was during Freshers' Week, actually. I missed out on Freshers because I was in Wales shooting this. And then I had to come straight back, having missed the first week of school, and readjust to... It was, like, being jet-lagged, essentially, because I had just gone to bed at, like, 9 in the morning, like, four days in a row. So Have you ever done any, like, extra work? 
I did, yeah. When yeah. I was in Australia, I did a lot of acting. Um, I used to want to be an actress when I was younger. Oh. I was not a very good actor, so that kind of derailed me very quickly. Wow, same. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have that experience. Um, I was, oh my God, like a traumatic memory was when I was asked to be an extra in a short film that was about squash. It was literally called Squashed. Um, I was supposed to be like a running extra originally in like a short sequence. And at the last second, they were like, oh, we have enough running extras. Could you please play like a squash player? I have zero hentai coordination. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, I'll just practice the day before. I'll be fine. And I came onto the set, and I could not hit a single ball. And they went again and again and again. And I was so embarrassed. And my dad brought me to that short film. And I was so bad that they got him to fill, like, to sub in for me. And he played uh, a squash player in a wheelchair, and he did better than I did. <laughs> Take so, 38. <laughs> it's okay, Gabby. Go, 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 I went to my dad as well, because, like, he was, like, a coder. He brought his computer. Like, he was there to work. And he was interrupted for 30 minutes to, like, play, a, like, a wheelchair-playing squash player in a film, which was a bit funny. So I like to think that I make him live stranger experiences. <laughs> right. So then you get that experience in Wales. Yes. And you're like, okay, I can do this now. On uh, your own. That takes balls. Not really. I think at first I was like, oh, in theory I could do it. And then I came back here and sort of like, you know, when you feel really motivated and then you lose your momentum a little bit, life kind of like yeah, carries on or whatever. Like procrastination. 100%. Um, and then I remember some of the other guys in the film society were doing their own projects. And I was like, oh, maybe I should start with something smaller because I'd written the script over Christmas. And I was this was the idea that I really wanted to develop. But I thought it would be too ambitious theo the guy who i went to wales with was telling me always start smaller start in black and gray don't have any sound like really make it very low level which i think was very good advice which i did not take um and because all of the guys around me were like oh but you know like just give it a go just try it out doesn't matter if it's shit um and i think having that enthusiasm and that support as well really encouraged me to do it and it was the kind of thing where we started off very small and it was just like okay we'll get you know a couple of like local st andrew students to play actors and then well, we cast a little bit larger. We got guys to come down from Glasgow. I was like, okay, well, it would be cool to get a sound artist. So I sought someone out. I managed to find an amazing sound recordist. Um, and then, like, the team just kind of, like, grew and grew and grew. And before we knew it, it was, like, a proper, I don't know, film set. It really felt yeah. like a film set put together. So, no, it was cool, but it, it began very small, I would say. I mean, I saw the casting, um, what's it called? Casting note? Casting... Yeah, casting call. Casting call, yeah. I... Oh, we have a yeah. We, oh, have, we have a, a we have, we have well, we have a it, it is someone who wants to be in the control room. Is this room. a surprise artist? It is not a surprise artist. Oh. It is a second one who is I can tell is thinking of coming, and I know they're listening to the show. You can come in. You can come in. <laughs> I know you're listening to the show. You can come in. I can't see. Anyway, who it is. going back to it. Um, oh, that person distracted me. God damn it! Sorry. So. I saw that casting notice, yes. and I was like, because I tried to go to acting school, because I thought I could be an actor. Which acting school did you go to? I went to RADA for Oh, that's a week. so good. That's such a good school, man. The one in London, for yeah? For one week. And I realized, I was like, do I do IR, or do I do, um, sorry, do I do IR, or do I do acting? And mm-hmm. I quickly found out that I would be much better doing IR than acting. My grades won't show it, but I, I can. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I saw I've been seeing your Instagram for a while. Like I've seen like all like the pictures you've been taking of like, like y- have you seen any pictures of from mm-hmm. Gabby's? You say I've been taking, but it's literally oh. everyone in the like crew. Like all of the guys are just like photographers, and I was lucky enough to have enough people. What's well, the equipment you to, have? This is like the equipment, so, again, none of my equipment. It's all other people's stuff. Like I've just been so lucky. Like Theo, the guy from Wales, lent me his camera. It's a Blackmagic six K camera. Terrific. We got all this equipment from FilmSoc, like the film society here. Um, Rook, our cinematographer, had a bunch of like lighting set ups tripods ricardo the sound guy that i found in glasgow had a a ton of sound equipment and then he even made his own sound equipment so for example uh we needed a microphone blimp which is like a thing that you use to kind of like shield from wind when you're outside um those cost like 110 to 150 bucks i was like oh would you like me to buy you one because i was funding the film and he was like oh it's fine i'll just 3d print it myself and he spent three days 3d printing this blimp and then brought it with my him. god so yeah, yeah i got very lucky finding super talented people whereabouts did you film it uh, we filmed it in St. Andrews. Everything. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. We wow. got um, Parliament Hall, one of the, like the big lecture halls that looks really fancy uh, to be one of our main locations. We got so lucky with that actually because we had three potential locations. Two of them were kind of subpar. Um, one of them was like a union room, and I was like, eh, I won't really do. And I got my producer Yugoda. She was literally until like five minutes before the offices were closing, she managed to book Parliament Hall. But it was literally like a phone game where she was calling every two seconds trying to get someone. And they were like, oh, you have to get approval from like visual communications. You have to get approval from this person. We went from person to person to person. Five minutes before the day of the deadline where we'd have to start filming, wow. we got the okay. room. And I really think it made a massive difference because that was actually like a professional setup and it really added to the overall atmosphere. Like, that's one thing I learned doing this film is, like, you think, oh, props, location, whatever, I'll make do with what I have. 
but it's just as important as having good equipment, good sound, like all of that plays a massive, massive role. So I would say, if anything, like I got very lucky on this one. Next time, I will plan way ahead of time to make sure that that is secured um, because if you land with kind of like a shitty background or just like a something that's like, yeah, a little bit subpar, it really brings down the production value. How did you manage to like balance... You know this huge project with you know your studies and on top I of that. I didn't. <laughs> no, genuinely, I did no schoolwork for like three weeks. Essentially, like I did the bare minimum to be able to get through classes and stuff like that. And all of my essays, I just crammed into a couple of days. To be fair, one of my essays because we had a shoot at four in the morning. One of the days we had to go shoot at the pier, and I'd gotten like five hours of sleep because it, it's one thing to be like on the film set directing, and that takes up a lot of time and energy. But if you're directing and also technically kind of producing, because we don't have the biggest team ever and it falls down to me to, like, organize stuff, you go home and you're just sending emails, printing out stuff, organizing props, like, you're still kind of on the job until you go to sleep, essentially. And I'd gotten, like, four hours of sleep, gotten up super early, and I went to a spoiled cafe to work on my essay. And I must have been so tired that I completely misread the question. I realized the day before the deadline that I was answering something that had nothing to do with the essay topic because I was that sleep deprived. So I did not balance it very well, um, but I think it was 100% worth it. Patrick, actually, who I was talking to, was telling me the week before, he was like, if anything, I would prioritize the film. Like, I know your grades may take like a little hit, but if you have to pick between the two men, like, go for oh, it. Hey, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I yeah. mean, there's no yeah. there's no question about yeah. it. How many people do you know have made a film? <laughs> and you've done, I, I bet you, I mean, obviously, you know, don't, need to reveal your grades here but i'm just saying i bet you you've done better in terms of like uni while making a film than most students who aren't doing anything we'll have to who wait have and nothing. see <laughs> well that's the thing with the film it's yeah. uh remind tell me if i'm wrong the shooting is done yes but the oh, whole process we're in post-production okay. just now so i interviewed four different editors uh about a week ago um actually on my birthday which is quite nice and uh all of them were amazing they were all based in like new york and la all full-time editors who i somehow managed to convince to do the project for free um and it was like the kind of thing where i had like all these zoom calls back to back and even the first guy where i was like oh he's probably going to be like the worst one of the lot i got off the call and i was like i love him so much he's so professional he's great he works in national geographic like they were these amazing people and i ended up going with this one girl who works in LA and she does like narrative uh, thriller features and she's actually gotten a deal she can't tell me what it is but it's on some project with like big Netflix actors or something so she was like I might have to push back editing to like August 1st like finishing I was like that's completely fine like I would be happy if it was done by you by like October November I don't even care so I'm very excited I think it's going to be a pretty quick process actually uh, but the files are out of my hands what, what are your plans to like release it um, I'd like to, so if it's done by September, that would be ideal. Um, that will depend on music, sound design, like kind of coordinating those things. Um, I want to do like a little premiere here. I think either at like the buyer or like the cinema they have mm -hmm. down the street. Um, and then film festivals, I think. Um, oh yeah. The girl that I was speaking to for editing was saying that she would want, if she took the project, I would need to find film festivals that had editing awards specifically. So I do know that I have to like look at what festivals are most appropriate for it. I've heard honestly, just like send it to every single film festival. Like, yeah, I think some of them have fees, though, is the issue. So you have to kind oh, of cool, be oh, able cool. to, like, I don't know how much of a budget we'll have for that, but, like, for sure, I'd want to send it to as many places and, I don't know, yes, within, within reason. Though. We'll get an, yeah, un within reason. We'll get an underwear sponsor for this show, <laughs> and we'll use those fees to, like, fund yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But my thing is, I'll probably submit it to a lot of, like, free festivals, a couple of paying ones, and then at the end of the day, like, whatever I save up going forward now is going to be for the next thing that we do. So it might not be, like, a ton of festivals, but it would be nice to have that opportunity. And, you know, if we want something, that'd be super sick, and if if not, I'd be like, cool, we submitted a film and that's good enough for me. I've finished a project, so that's pretty cool. Do you have, I know you obviously, you know, we, we, we I mean, obviously, anyone who's listening now, whenever the movie comes out, obviously go see it. Like, it's not even going to be a question. I mean, <laughs> It'll be on it will, YouTube. I'll upload it online. I mean, even then, like, just, you know, if you're in St. Andrews, come to the bar. You know, if you're <laughs> in a town where it's being shown abroad, you know, go see it. What are you doing? Right? Thank you. <laughs> so, but obviously, don't reveal the whole movie. I won't. Right, because we want to see, we want to get that I'm movie I'm also experience. terrible at description, so if you're going to ask me to describe the film, well, I'll do my best. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like, like, just, just give us like a, a little taste. A little taste. Yeah. What's it called? It's What's called, it That's a good point. Yeah, Why is it called? Very it's a good point. point. It's called Partner in Crime. And so okay. it's based on The Prisoner's Dilemma, which is a game theory concept. Um, and the idea behind The Prisoner's Dilemma very basically is that you have two people that have been supposedly caught like in a crime, and they're each placed into a separate room and interrogated. And they can either 
say that the other person has committed the crime or stay silent. And depending on what they do and what the other person does, unbeknownst to them, the punishment is different. So then it kind of, I've taken that general philosophical concept um, and I've applied it into a university context. So then you have more to do with things like loyalty and friendship and how that, does that play into it? Because usually prisoner's dilemma is a very almost like clinical philosophical problem as to like what is the best solution, what approach should you take in like a very hypothetical scenario, whereas I wanted to kind of inject a more relationship aspect um, or a human um, emotional aspect into it. So, yeah, it's probably going to be about 15 minutes, I reckon. Um, and we had a great time filming it. <laughs> oh, that, that is honestly, that is so awesome to hear. I mean, <laughs> this has been, I mean, look, I mean, we're going to go for our first song break now, but we could talk about this for hours. I mean, we might even like go back to it later in the show. Uh, I'm happy okay. to move on to Kendrick's new album because that seems. <laughs> hey, to be hey, hey, no spoilers! What I'm is sorry. this? Oh hey, my yo. goodness! I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. You come on to my show. <laughs> I thought this my was on the show. official agenda. <laughs> you come to my show. I give you a little preview <laughs> of like, hey guys, this is what we're gonna maybe talk about. A preview? You if put we... it on your Instagram story. Yeah, Bob. keep them guessing. All right. You all will right. find out that you don't want to guess to know everything. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep it a mystery. I mean, honestly, I'm whatever sorry. I talk about is gonna be a lot less interesting. No, no, that is not true. Hey, hey, you're returning guest, huh? Your returning guest. There's more depth there, you know? Okay. And and we can let the people know about a potential plan. A potential plan. Okay. Okay. A potential plan. See, that's mystery. That's suspense. Exactly. Well, yeah. (laughs) I would assume the movie director slash producer slash camera person slash script writer slash... Have I missed anything? Go on. Have I missed anything? Let me know. Tell me. Have I missed anything? Human being. With real emotions. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is a good thank point. Thank you. Thank you. Would know about suspense <laughs> and plot twists. All right, I'll keep my mouth shut. But no, please don't do that. No, it's please, a please. After you, all. The people hate listening to me. <laughs> like, okay, like this is this is. Listen, let's go through the messages that we've received so far because we have uh, loyal listeners to listen in. Oh wow! Uh, first off, your parents. Yeah, my parents are listening. They <laughs> sent a message. My dad said we are listening of crying, laughing emojis. Cute. At seven oh six. First off. Um, <laughs> from Alice Hill, uh, Liz's flatmate, uh, and loyal listener to the show. As fucking if you just played Phineas and Ferb. Was the first <laughs> thing she said. So thank you very much. Um, from Danielle Mather, I love listening to Gabby. Aw, that was cute. Thank you, Danielle. I love you. So yeah. I'll buy you a drink later tonight. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, Alice, I did play Phineas and Ferb. Deal with it. Right? Okay, well, first song break is going to. Is that Gabby, cool. Now I know we were supposed to. You, well, tell us the song you were meant to play first before we had tech to issues. To be fair, I hesitated between so many songs, um, but I chose originally "Ludens" by Bring Me the Horizon because I used to listen to that song all the time during my gap year when I was training. But I can't actually remember which song I've given you to replace it, so we will find. Yeah, out. Uh, the, the the whole system decided to hate me again, as it like last week. But we caught it before we get got on air. Um, the song is "Space Ghost Coast to Coast" by Glass Animals. Aha, uh-huh. nice. And why'd you pick it? Why did I pick it? Yeah. It was the song I listened to most last year. I find it incredibly well written. It's pretty monotone, but in a way that I find very peaceful despite the disturbing lyrics. Fair enough. Right, well, this is Space Ghost Coast to Coast by Glass Animals. See you in a little bit. If it doesn't work like last week, I will cry. But at least I have two people who will be able to give me therapy when we come back. So, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Glass Animals. See you after the break. To the people listening at home. There are no tech issues. I'm outraged. There are no tech issues. Gabby's song played like with no problem. They're totally like totally the last week. Same thing as last week. Didn't pick that wasn't even her. Okay, it was even worse than last week. Fine, it was even worse than last week. (laughs) You know, but you know what this means. I picked the wrong song. It means I need to come back on your show another time and pick another. Yeah, because you come back when you win an Oscar. There we go. Exactly for the short movie, best short film. (laughs) We have an Oscar. Just slam it on the table. I love that. Did you know that my friend made me a fake Oscar after I finished the film? Oh, he like he like ordered one online and it said like best director 2022 Gabriel Torrible such a good friend <laughs> yeah much appreciated that's pretty cool actually <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I mean yeah I mean I mean listen even if you don't like whatever happens you're coming back to talk about the release of the film very excited and you are staying right given that so oh, many yeah. people like are leaving no I love St. Andrews I am definitely staying good 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 well Mr. Mayor mm-hmm. I see you looking at me what's up you're into the music, right? Uh-huh. The rhythm. Yep. The beats. Mm-hmm. The rap game. Absolutely. 
Have you heard of an? Uh, this little, he's, he's not very famous. He's a little famous artist. Oh, yeah. It's kind of underground. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of underground. I don't know. Maybe you haven't heard it. I mean, I mean, Daniel, have you heard about him? He's called Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> this is me testing the delay, <laughs> and her when she like, <laughs> if she's not even listening. Anyway, um, Kendrick Lamar. Have you heard about him, Gabby? I have. I cannot say I, that I know any of his songs. I am not very well versed when it comes to the music rap scene. Kendrick, uh, listen, listen. One of the goats. One of the goats. Yeah, easily like to the in two thousand tens, like he just kind of dominates that that kind of era. I think yeah, on, like so. Little context, because you know what I know. Some of the audience may not know. I know. Uh, I know she's listening right now. But Cassia Pedro, a uh, friend of the show, is listening right now to hear us talk about Kendrick. So okay. we have a lot of pressure for us. Yeah. Wow. But we're also going to explain to people who may not know about the whole background. Please stop pointing at me. <laughs> Let's say people who don't know, as right. I'm exactly pointing mm-hmm. at Gap. No, so Kendrick Lamar, uh, probably his two most, his two last albums are probably the most. Actually, three last albums were very critically acclaimed. First one, Good Kid, Good Kid, Mad City. Yep. Uh, talking about him growing up uh, in in the hood in Compton. Then To Pimp a Butterfly, which uh, is my favorite of his albums, and then Damn in 2017, which are songs uh, DNA, Humble. If you ever heard those? Gabby, sure, you work out. You sure. probably heard them in some gym playlists. I listen to metal when I work out, man, not rap. You know what? Um, Actually, I respect you know what? That. I respect that. That is big respect. That is big respect. But just, just tell me more about this Kendrick. So, Kendrick, lyrical genius. He's released a new album. After five years, we finally have a new Kendrick album. We had a few singles here and there, right, with Baby Keem, his little cousin. But now, we've got a new album, Mr. Morale. I think it's the longest wait for, for a new Kendrick album. Yeah, yeah five years. Five years. Wow. Mr. What Morale. has he been doing? Has he been on a holiday? He said he was on a writer's block. Yeah. I think, I think he had a massive years. writer's block. Yeah. And he was just doing features most of the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think he said it at the start of like one of the first tracks, like 1,800 days or something. Yeah. In United in Grief. Yeah, the yeah. first track. So the album is called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It's actually a double album, which means they're two different discs. What does that mean? So that means uh, when you're back in the, in the rec- records days, like LPs. Mm-hmm. You would have uh, you could have an album with two different discs. Or, well, Dad, if you're listening, uh, given that you're from that generation, with it's either respect, two different discs or just like double sided, no? Yeah, Dad, is it? Uh, uh, this is, <laughs> I'm asking my father live on air. Dad, um, I would like to call a is, friend. Yes, I'd like to phone a friend. <laughs> a double album when you had LPs was it uh, two different discs or was it one disc but it's each side? We will find out the answer in a bit. I'm but, excited. If you look at it on Spotify, for example, you have disc one, disc two. And the first song in disc one, United in Grief, plays like it's got this like this, this interesting this opening of it. And you listen to the first song in disc two, which is called Something, Something. I'm great at this. I am fantastic at this. You're doing good, Tom. It has the same like opening melody. Yeah, it has the same the same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, to the first song in disc two, which is Count Me Out, has the it's not the same lyrics. But it's the same idea of Is how it starts. Is it the same starts. structure, musically yes. speaking? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like the, it's it's two different phases of his life. I mean, the first one, uh, I find the first song is kind of him talking about his relationships with yeah. like like kind of his family and then talking about the outside world while he was gone. Uh, I mean, the song N95 is him pretty much just going, ju- just kind of criticizing a lot of different people. Uh, literally, he has my favorite chorus I've ever heard. I think this might be like the most up and like personal he's ever been on an album like he seems to kind of really get um kind of close to certain conflicts that he that he's had himself um like on this one yeah i mean I, I, he i mean have you heard you've listened to the full album yeah. right yeah um it's like i mean the, the the chorus in the in the in in, in n95 is is probably my favorite word and it me burst out laughing but like in a good way when i heard it is he just it all amps up and the chorus starts he just goes you ugly as fuck <laughs> and I'm just like what? It real. I was like what I love this is there like an overarching theme between mm. the songs I mean what do you think how do you feel on the theme I mean honestly I need to I need to listen to it like again to be honest I've been every time I, I go to listen to it I just go back to like his other albums because I still have the um, I guess kind of nostalgia for his older ones. You know, you listen to the the newest one, and you're always kind of comparing it to his last body of work. I still believe that To Pimp a Butterfly is the best Kendrick album, and I think uh, it's unfortunate that this man has come out with such great bodies of work because it's always going to be compared against that. Mm. So, as good as this new album may be, 
it's always going to be overshadowed by these like you know great bodies of work that can you sense like a kind of self-awareness to trying to live up to that do you think do you think he's conscious of like the reputation i think he must be conscious of it because every single album seems to kind of reject the last Mm. Mm, I see what you mean by that. Either either reject or add on top of it, just like completely different. Um, so it's like a reaction to that album, no matter what he does, in it, a sense. It definitely seems that way. Like he doesn't want to be delivering the same like course twice. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, literally, like Dam was full of like. I mean, it had no overarching theme, but it had. It, that's the last album. Had a bunch of different singles. Um, but this one, I mean, I'd say, w- would you really think you, you'd play any of these in the club? Mm, not sure. It seems no. like more of a conceptual album. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this too. Uh, I think there's two different. I mean, we're talking about themes. This feels just two different themes in the discs. I mean, this too. The end of it is him talking. Probably the most, the two most emotional songs. Maybe emotional, like you're listening to it and you're like, even if you don't like music, you're just like, you my God, we cry together. Uh, no, that's a good one. From 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 disc one, we cry together. Actually, but we'll start with that. Okay. Um, we cry together is him and this other singer who's meant to represent a girlfriend or wife, and it's just an argument. And oh, is it screaming. spoken over the music? Yeah, I and they're love screaming, and like that. they're crying, they're screaming at each mm. other, uh, you know. And then in the end, they kind of make up, mm, mm. and it's like clear they're gonna have sex or whatever, like or make love. But it's just this real like like building up of like an argument just starts in complete anger and they're mm. screaming at you, and it's like what's well, like fifteen seconds again? No, fuck you! No, fuck you! No, fuck you! <laughs> you know, like the whole like. And then mm. yeah, um, yes, uh, they say that, and it's art, so it's beautiful. But then in this too, probably the two songs that hit me the most were one, Auntie Diaries, which talks about his... Is she just... Is she lesbian or is she trans? I, I couldn't quite get that. I believe she's just lesbian. I think it might have been trans. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what the controversy is, like, surrounding. that. There's, like, some controversy surrounding Well, the controversy track. was, which I don't see why it's there. Uh, they kind of just... So it talks about why his aunt was different. Mm-hmm. And and like so, I think it kind of starts. I think I think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone's listening, because I was trying to get it right. Um, it just starts off, and it's just you know, it's her being gay, and everyone kind of like, everyone like in his family kind of like not liking it, and then his mum's backing him up and saying back talking to Kendrick, and she's just like, yeah, but she just gets more than you know these other guys, right? She gets more women than these other guys, you know? That's you know, good for her, right? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. And then Kendrick thinks it's normal, and his friends from school find out that she's gay, and they're, like, making fun of him. And then he says a word which I will not say on this show, because it's a homophobic slur, it starts with F and ends with T. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I kind of repeats the word. And then the idea of him saying that word is, artistically, he's saying that he was used to saying it, but it's wrong. And anyone that was saying it at that time, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, like learning and building of the times. And then he kind of uses the end of that song to kind of go, like... Like white people that will say the N word just casually, just even without the historical repercussions. But so he himself repeats the word throughout that. Yeah, song. yeah. Would you say that's partly hypocritical, I, I or was, is that? I was yeah. Say that. It seems. I mean, it seems. Especially because obviously that's not a group that he belongs to. But yeah, no. To criticize white people for using the N word, for example, would seem like well, there's a parallel to him using a word that doesn't isn't attributed to him, but still utilizing it artistically within the song. And it's a, that's the thing, because I heard it and I was like, wow, that's kind of like, you know, a big thing to say, especially in 2022, mm. right? And you are criticizing homophobia in the song, that's the whole point. But I then wondered whether that was like an yeah. intentional thing to I mean, kind I can of understand that it's like intention is to comment on it and, yeah. you know, what's, like, what's wrong with it. But then at the same time, if he's going to go like and subsequently talk about, you know, the use of the N-word... Um, mm. And while you can't say it, then it does seem very hypocritical. Because I could imagine that if a white artist did a similar song, which again was supposed to be against racism, but still use the N word like that in a kind of cathartic way, it would be received very, very poorly. Mm. Even if they tried to justify it artistically. Yeah. So maybe this, you know, F word is a bit more um, ambiguous in his eyes, but I kind of sense a little bit of a double standard there. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cassia has tuned in and is asking, has just spanned uh, the Dispatch account on Instagram saying, play Mr. Morale, play Mr. Morale, which is a good song. <laughs> Cassia, I'm sorry, I preload the songs beforehand um, and I cannot play Mr. Morale. But that is one of my favorite songs in the album. That's on this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do listen to it. Do listen to it. It's a very good song. And then probably the second most emotional song is Mother I Sober, mm-hmm. where he talks about how his mother was abused and he was abused as a kid. Mm. in like many different ways and I'm listening to him like oh my god like that is really opening up like it like becomes kind of like shocking yeah 
in a way. And I came away from it. At first, I was like, what did I just listen to? But um, then, um, then, you know, I just realized, you know, it's kind of like the album isn't just about making singles. It's not, you know... For example, the album, a hip-hop album that came out just before this was um, uh, Jack Harlow's mm. album, which... I don't know what you thought. Oh, I've got I've got a few opinions on oh, that. Oh, I, I just thought that was mid. That yeah. was that was pure. That was not. I'm not gonna say it was hot garbage, but it was close enough. <laughs> um, it was it was just under like it was like just good enough saved by like the song of Justin Timberlake was like probably I think saved. Jack's it. personality is so vibrant, you know, like within the media, and you see him on the interviews and stuff. But that's not present in his music whatsoever. True. He's, yeah. He's, he's so bland. And it yeah. seems so one-dimensional. And even if you go back, because this man's been making music for about eight years or something, you know, back into uh, like his high school days, and you can see the kind of passion and the charisma throughout his music up until he makes it big, ironically, and he, you can see him kind of adapt to like this formula, um, which I don't know. It's just kind of tragic to me. I think. No, it's, it just seems like I mean, I'm not going to say industry plant because he's not, but it just seems like he's not making songs just like for the for the for the hits. For TikTok, you I think know he's I mean? fully adapted like the personality that yeah. the media has given him. You know, yeah, this kind of like not not Drake ripoff, Drake protege kind of like heartthrob, and he's just running with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there, there was a videos. I mean, I, was I was it was I showing it to you when we went to Edinburgh? Him and Drake at the Kentucky Derby, like at the horse race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just looks so corny. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're taking over the whole stage, but yeah. I mean, and it's such a shame because Jack Harlow has like some really introspective tracks where he goes and um, kind of talks about his own situation in his life and the kind of privilege of of being like a white artist, white rapper, and like a, a genre predominantly, you know, like black. Yeah. And um, like this a song Eastern Parkway that came out like literally a year before What's Poppin'. What's Poppin' was like his big you know like blow up onto the scene mm-hmm. Eastern Parkway is this really interesting look into like like his home life and stuff and um, like his perspective throughout high school and like it's, it's such a shame he's gone from that to like this yeah. new album if that makes sense now yeah I mean Gabby I mean listening to this like when you I mean have you we got off, we, we got really off topic yeah yeah no no, <laughs> no I mean that's important it. I mean I, I kind of want to talk about Jack I just moved the screen I just want to talk about Jack Harlow album for a little bit but when you look at rap, like, what's your... I mean, would you say, like, you listen to rap, or would you say that's not, like... I listen to very little rap. Um, I really like... I don't know if this is a version of rap, but kind of how you were talking about that previous song where it's like you've got a musical track and almost people speaking over it. I think maybe that's because I was into theatre for a very long yeah. time, so I really appreciate, like, the musicality of language. Sort of like slam poetry. Or yeah, completely. Like um, there's a song by um, the White Stripes called Handsprings that does that really, really well. Yep. Um, I don't hear a ton of tracks like that, but I think especially when you have that focus on the conversation that's happening, language becomes a lot more important, so therefore the lyrics are emphasised, whereas I find I'm generalising completely because I don't know rap. But a lot of the times, to me, it's more about like the beat and, you know, the sick beat, whatever, bro. Yeah. But I really appreciate when you're able to, yeah, play on like the musicality of the exchange a little bit more. So I think that's why I'm more drawn to those styles of songs. There's a really good French artist called Fauve um, who does that a lot in his music, and it's like active conversations, and there's so much emotion put into that. It's like a monologue, essentially, um, and that I really enjoy. You know which song Gabby would like? Are you going to say Mortal Man? I'm going to say Mortal Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all It's right. from To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick album. Mm-hmm. The one uh, that you mentioned. Yes, yeah. which is my favourite. It's a 10-minute song at the end where he takes... Actually, no, come, go ahead. You explained it really well to, <laughs> okay, to, to yeah, Patrick yeah. on the bus. Go yeah, ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I talked about this in like the last last podcast. Yeah, I talked yeah. about Mortal Man, but I mean, it just kind of shows how much I like the song. So there's the last track off of To Pimp a Butterfly, um, and it's... It's Kendrick kind of listing off a lot of his black idols, Martin Luther King, Michael Jackson, and he talks about, you know, like to quote him, if if shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? And he <laughs> talks about throughout the controversies, throughout, you know, what people might say about you, are you still going to trust me, are you still going to believe in, in my cause? And at the end of the, uh, the song, the last five minutes of the song, he kind of... I don't know how he managed to get, get this... this uh, this Tupac interview, but there's a Tupac interview, and he kind of splices it with like he an- he asks the questions and Tupac answers them. If you know anything, like Tupac's been dead twenty plus years. Or yeah, Tupac died in nineteen ninety 
I'm going to say six, six I'm probably wrong. I think. This was 2015, the album. Yeah. yeah. But basically closes off with an interview between Kendrick Lamar and Tupac, and they kind of talk about... And I think what's so interesting is this Tupac interview is 20-plus years old, but what he's talking about is so relevant oh, to... Oh, so they took, like, an older tape of one of his yeah. actual yeah. interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. And I think you'd love that song. Yeah. How did he model his side of the questions to that interview? Um, well, it seems like... I, I know... It's like he, I'm trying to remember how he, how he got it. I think I was I was listening to something about it today, but he was in Germany, and this radio producer gave him this this hour long Tupac interview, and he was listening to the questions, and he kind of wanted to tailor it to the kind of the theme of his album and sort of twist it a little bit. But what Tupac was saying was so relevant um, mm. to to the album that it was like really important, and he kind of talks. Kendrick talks about how he really wanted it on the end of the album, and it kind of is really interesting how it builds up and up and up, and then he talks about the concept of the butterfly, and then at the end, Tupac disappears, and he's kind of like calling out his name, yeah. and that's the that's the oh, end. Oh, that is mm. beautiful. It's brilliant. Yeah, when he calls out his name, and then the that album just really ends. Yeah. Yeah. The album just ends yeah. on the reply. I think you'd really like it. I'll definitely try. We'll it move out. into. Uh, I mean, this has been honestly like really good. We've really gone deep, way deeper mm-hmm. than I expected. But that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Uh, it's not what I expected, but I'm happy it happened. Mm-hmm. And I thank you very much, Cam, for your knowledge of rap. Thank you, Gabby, for for bearing, my lack for of bearing, knowledge of for rap. bearing with us. <laughs> no, it's super for interesting. Up, for thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm yeah. learning. Learning more about and and to be yeah. fair, also just saying like listening to you guys talk about it makes me want to listen to the music. So. You should. Yeah, I will. Uh, before we play your song, Callum, out of ten. I know it's gonna be difficult, but out of ten, go ahead. Out of ten, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Ah, oh, fuck! I don't know how to do this. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say for now, probably like I'll give it a safe little seven. But I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna re-listen to it. I don't think you can judge an album off of that. Is, that is very true. That is um, very true. Especially Kendrick one. I didn't um, like to pimp a butterfly when I first. Yeah, I know. I, I know it's gonna like grow it. on me, but I'm just gonna say seven for now. Fine. That, that's you know, that's a fair point. Uh, I'm gonna go for a nine point five. Oof. Okay. Ooh. For nine point five. It's High it's rating. it's not my favorite Kendrick album. It's my second favorite. It's 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 so different, but it's yeah. Callum. Yep. Assumptions by an artist whose name I can't pronounce because I'm not Scottish. <laughs> Sam Gillitry. Why did you pick this song? Why? Um, sort of like an anthem uh, me and my roommate have um, we had for the first semester. We kind of found out about it. Um, we are really interested in finding Glasgow-based artists um, and kind of artists around Scotland so that when they tour, we can actually see them. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of just digging and we found this guy and his music is just so much fun, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah. Well, this is Assumptions by Sam Gillitry. Thank you. See you in a few minutes. I probably pronounced it wrong as well. But. And a little teaser for afterwards. We're going to be talking about Calum and I's potential show Ooh. and Eurovision. So... Oh, I go, no, 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 we're not. We're going to talk about Cam's art, the Ooh. potential show, and if we have time, why Spain was robbed with maybe our special Spain correspondent who might come on to join us. <laughs> so, thank you very much, guys. See you. Why am I saying thank you very much? The show's not over. See you after the music song break. Bye, and I'll see you in a bit. Speak, nerd. Hello. It's broken, isn't it? Speak. Can you hear me? I think you guys need to share a microphone. Speak, yeah, speak. That sounds broke. Whoa. Okay, fine, come here. Okay, I'll share a microphone. Fine. I swear every time we're in here it's a different mic that's broken. Speak nerd. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me now? We have Danielle's back in the studio. Hi guys. And I'm gonna have to go like really low. So <laughs> um, no I can like I can put up my chair. Preacher up, preacher up. Okay, so uh we have six minutes left and we're gonna talk about a few things, but just very quickly first well not very quickly, but just take your time. Um Callum, you wanna talk about your art. Sure. When you do art. Go ahead. Tell, uh, let it, let the people know. Oh, um okay. Um, I don't know where to start, but yeah, I've been, uh, like, uh, I do art, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been doing it for a while, um, but I only really recently, like, got into it properly um, after my sixth year in high school. Kind of just, like, realised that, um, like, I was really interested in it, and I kind of, I would I would kind of do it, like, all the time at home, wherever I could, and, you know, it became a real passion for me recently. Now, I follow your Instagram, and it's very music-focused, rap albums. Why is that? Don't just say you're a fan. I swear to God. You know what? It kind of st- it kind of started out like with just the music albums. I thought it was a good way to practice as well, just kind of get the likeness. And I thought if I want to, you know, work off the of sources, the most interesting thing for me to do is this album covers. Uh, I haven't done one in a long, long time actually. I really want to get back to it. Um, but I've kind of just been doing different things recently. So you think you're branching out from the music focus of it? I, I haven't done one of those for I think about 
six months to a year. But I'm I, so prepared. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do want to get back to it. It would be fun. Do you do just realism? Uh, it's more surrealism, actually. It's oh, like, nice. It's my focus. Um, like, for sixth year, I did a surrealism um, collection. It was about six paintings, and it had, like... I was told that, the, like, the last day of my submission... Um, my teacher was like, oh, this is all well and good. Like, I love these these paintings, but what's the story? I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> so I was sitting there for, like, half an hour, like, just, like, making up the story. And basically, each painting was, like, a different world. Like, mm. it was, each painting was completely different from the next. And the idea was, the start, the first one was this girl in the field with uh, the hay barrels, and there was, like, space portals, and the girl's lost in one of the space portals. And each painting is a different world where her parents are trying to find her in. And that's the last sick, one, that's last very one, cool. She, um, like the, the spaceship of her parents is like landing. So it's very sci-fi oriented. Yeah, like retrofuturism is like a really big. Um, that sounds so fancy. Retrofuturism, I love <laughs> retro-futurism that. Retrofuturism is, is is really not that complex, but it's basically just like in the sixties where they thought sci-fi sci-fi would go. So basically, like the I don't know the classic spaceship over the field mm. sort of idea, but retrofuturism is. Like a big inspiration for me. Are you a big sorry? Don't near me. Are you a big sci-fi guy in general? Movie-wise, um, like, what's your favorite movie? Movie-wise, yeah. Uh huh. I watched, I watched a big sci-fi movie the other day. Um, I, I was, I was going to like, I did. I watched two thousand one. Um, I watched oh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine as well. <laughs> I did the Blade Runner marathon. I'm mid, I'm mid through day. watching that. I'm mid through watching twenty forty nine. I've only seen the original. I've it. not seen the more recent one. I wasn't a big fan. I have to say, <sighs> it deterred me. <laughs> the cinematography is beautiful, but is, the story isn't is really a, for me. I feel like it's a beautiful lacks a film. Little bit. If if you think that Blade Runner the first one is a beautiful film, the cinematography in twenty forty nine, like I think it won an award or something, but it's ridiculous. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I'm definitely amazing. liking it. I'm 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 at the point. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. But he, he, he's just found out something about himself. Man, how have you not watched under, all the way through? He's at the point where he just found out something about himself under a tree. That's like um, 20 minutes in, man. No, not under a tree, you, but it's like later on. Do you start watching films and then stop, Tom? Liz and Rob are in the oh studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they just entered Special without guests. asking. Oh, everyone's here. They are. So cute. So, Little reunion. I, sorry, what did you say? I was saying, do you like start watching films and then pause and then continue them later? I try not to. Because same. And like, but it's a terrible habit as well. Like My attention spam isn't great. As a filmmaker as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know yeah, I That's why I watch a lot of short films, actually. I need, I need to have like a TV. I don't have a TV in my room. So if I'm on mm. my laptop, I'll pause it. So thank you very much for talking about your art. Where can people follow you for the art? Um, Callum Paints. And you do commissions? Um, sometimes I guess. Go yeah. check out his Instagram mm-hmm. at Callum Paints. Right, do it, do it, and try and get some commission. Try and ask him. Go ahead, be like, hey, <laughs> please commission you. me. I'll pay, <laughs> I'll pay you. I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Get some nice drawings in. Right. Of course, of course. Right, yeah. but potentially not animals, given the fun little story oh, that Callum yeah. will say. <laughs> when Callum will say when breaking news, there is in the works a potential Callum and Tom show. Yeah. <gasps> Potential, you, you, you send us a, a chance uh, this won't happen. I'm just saying that we don't have the show yet, but I'm just so the dispatch will be going to more of a solo slash every guest will be very much IR focused. That'll be just be going like on a side, but I really like the guest thing that I've done. Uh, and Callum has been wanting to have a show, and uh, we've kind of just had you know had a few discussions yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. We still don't have a name for the show. I, ha- I mean, oh. What- <laughs> well, we were we were talking about one the other day. Oh, we? uh, tall tales. Tall tales. I don't shout know. out D. Shout out D. Shout out D. Wait, how come? Can you explain that a little bit? We're tall. tall. Tales. We're tall, and we tell stories. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I really do. So yeah. that's a little a, a, a little preview. A little yeah. preview for September. Subject to change. So to, <laughs> ah, terms and conditions apply, baby. Terms and conditions. Yeah. But before we go, it is fifty nine. Eurovision <laughs> happened this week. I'm going to go into Tom News mode. Are you ready? Quick, quick fire, quick fire. Eurovision 2022 took place in Turin. The winners were Ukraine by Kalush Orchestra, who had a very cool rap and folk hybrid song. Number two was the UK. That was a surprise to everybody because the UK usually does crap. The song was quite good. It was called Spaceman by Sam Ryder. Now, Tom, were you supporting someone? Yes, for the first time ever I was watching Eurovision. After never having watched it at home, my parents hate it, I decided I was going to watch Eurovision. And I loved it. And I put my whole heart and my whole emotion into Chanel. Chanel is Spanish-Cuban, and she made a song. I'm getting emotional now. She made a song called Slow Mo. Now, that performance 
And that song should have won. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Daniel Tico, Daniel Tico. Our, our correspondent for Eurovision, everybody. Daniel Mather, go ahead. Hi, I'm literally just here to rant about Spain. Basically, I didn't even care about Eurovision until you told me about Spain. You dragged me into the union to watch it. Um, and I fell in love. Literally, rail me. Like, Chanel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry, listen, it's, it's, it's past 5 p.m., so I can say this. But, like, Chanel, as a performer, she's so good. She can sing, she can dance, she doesn't get out of breath when she dances and sings as well. So, like, I, I think Spain should have won. I know you think the same thing, but, like, I literally, I've cared about this for, like, less than a week, but it's my entire passion now. Spain was robbed. They let in an act, which was Norway, which was two guys dressed in wolf suits singing, Give that wolf a banana or he will eat your grandma. And that was the entire lyrics of the song. And listen, they came in 10th place. You know, it's okay, it's okay. Spain came in third. Spain was in third on the charts, but that doesn't matter because Spain was first in my heart. Chanel, mi amor, entiéndame. Sí, por favor, por favor. Mira, 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 mira. En mi corazón, esa primera. Sí? Todo que haces como bailando. I'm a little Como bailas. Como cantas. Todo es... Perfecto. Did you prepare this speech? No. <laughs> Jack, where are you when I need you? <laughs> yeah. Jack. My room is a Spanish yeah. speaker for context. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Salam alaikum. Um, so, it's 8.01 p.m. I love this first hour of being at 7 p.m. I love this. It's uh, a I, good time slot. Yeah. We are not doing 11 a.m. ever again. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking last semester when I was like, I'm having an 11 a.m. show. I can't even wake up before 11. Why was I even thinking that? So... Everybody, it's 8 p.m. It is May 20th. It's still... Oh, my God, it's still not raining. Or is it? Oh, no, it did rain. It did rain. I'm looking outside. I see yeah, puddles. Yeah, it looks like it's raining. Mate. But, whatever. Gabby. Yes, Tom. Director, producer, writer. You flatter me. Human being. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Callum. Returning guest. <laughs> future co-host. There we go. Future co-host. Okay, there we go. Nice. This was your audition. Oh yeah, I did it. Flying colors. Brilliant, brilliant. Flying colors. The people love you. Eleven out of ten. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I need a guest for this week. Before I thought Gabby, I thought, of course, I need you to come back on. But obviously, thank you very much for coming on, yeah, Danielle. Cheers. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, so this was. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Do you want to say before you go? Uh, thanks for having me, I guess. Anyway, um, so, this 8.03 p.m., oh my god, we're going to get kicked out by the studio. Um, the song I'm going to play now, to be in the Eurovision fashion, is Supermodel, the new song by Monoskin, who won the 2021 Eurovision contest from Italy. Love oh, that's so good. Supermodel's the new song, I love it. I was going to play ZTA Buoni, the song that won, but then they released this song, and I'm like, banger. So, The Dispatch, After Hours... I'm still going to be here for another month, so you've got me for another three weeks. Another three weeks, baby, of my stupid voice. Where are you going for summer? Callum. I'd be full. <laughs> Damn, okay. Where are you going for summer? Uh, Massachusetts in the States. Whoa. Where are you going for summer? Uh, Indonesia. And where are you going for a year abroad? Oh, Atlanta in Georgia. See you in a year, Daniel. We'll miss you. Not really. We'll miss you. So... The Dispatch, After Hours. Doofenshmirtz, After Hours. Supermodel by Monskin. You can check out The Dispatch on Spotify. I'm sorry about not having uploaded it on time last week, but this one will be. Guys, thank you very much for coming. Have a good summer. Supermodel by Monskins. You're all supermodels anyway. You're all beautiful. See you in a bit. <laughs>